Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics. With the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Quest Nature Tours, offering expert-led small group tours for bird and nature lovers since 1970. Explore exceptional journeys around the world at questnaturetours.com. And Beautyo Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautyobooks.com. Good morning. Welcome to our show number 892. We're still starting each show with a brief mention of the fact that the folks in Ukraine are still suffering under the Putin assault. Lots of ways to help, and one of them that we like to recommend is the International Rescue Committee at rescue.org. Well, Barb Gee sent us an audio postcard from Pennsylvania a while ago, and she's back, but in a different state this time, and she has some beautiful songsters with her. Hi, it's Barb. Outside my usual stomping grounds, I'm at Allegheny State Park in Cattaraugus County, New York. I'm attending the 64th Annual Allegheny Nature Pilgrimage. It's a three-day event full of educational programs, speakers, hikes, bird walks, and of course, bird walks. That's why I'm here. I've been geeking out with all the other bird nerds this morning in a wetlands area. The formal walk ended, and I stayed back to share the beautiful bird sounds with you. That's a Baltimore Oriole who is singing in front of me. There's a warbling vireo. You can also hear the Phoebes, an alder flycatcher, red-winged blackbirds, and probably the frogs croaking might be the loudest that you hear. What a great day to be a birder. Bye now. Thank you so much, Barb. Beautifully done there. We have a bird flu update here. As the first week or as of the first week in July, the U.S. Department of Agriculture reported about 40 million cases of bird flu in poultry and wild birds in 36 states. Only two human cases have been detected around the world, one here in the U.S. and the other in the U.K. Meanwhile, the Cornell Lab of Ornithology says there's a very low risk of an outbreak among wild songbirds, and there is no official recommendation to take down feeders unless you also keep domestic poultry. We have some happy bird news to report this morning through a story sent to us by our friend Willie Miller down in Vero Beach, Florida, where she produces a wonderful online and broadcast feature called Arts Blast. They're in the Treasure Coast area. The story from the Lake Okeechobee News has some good news about populations of the grasshopper sparrow, Florida's subspecies which were in serious decline before 2019 with the bird in danger of extinction due to habitat loss, especially. The Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission, along with several other groups, put together a plan that included a conservation recovery and release program to try to bring the birds back from the edge of extinction. Well, first releases took place in 2019, and since then, the populations of the birds have been growing. A year after the first release, biologists detected released birds pairing and breeding with wild Florida grasshoppers. 
between 2019 and 2021, grasshopper sparrows, that is, uh, between 2019 and 2021, biologists, biologists say they've seen an 84% increase in the Florida grasshopper sparrow population at the release site. So that's some pretty good news and a good indication of what can happen when people get together to reverse damage created by other people. That's our mystery bird. And we're previewing our mystery bird contest coming along in a bit. Prizes for which include a $15 gift certificate for Beauty of Books, an independent family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world, and a month's supply of Mary's Gone Crackers Super Seed Crackers from the largest organic cracker company in the United States. And if we have time, we'll have a bonus prize, too, through a bonus question on our mystery bird contest. Our bird is a large, dark wading bird, mostly bronze and reddish-brown in color, with iridescent green and purplish wings, tail and lower back. Breeds along most of the east coast as far north as Maine and winters in Florida and the Gulf Coast and points south. Our bird feeds on fish and frogs, and it probes in the mud for insects. A little preview there of the Mystery Bird Contest coming along a little bit later on in this morning's show. Well, some time ago, we made up a word. The word is plurred. Well, that would be the verb form, the noun, which we usually refer to as plurting, and it means picking up litter while birding. We have an entire page on our website about plurting that now includes a map showing the location of folks who have proclaimed themselves to be proud plurters. We'd like to recruit more listeners to become proud plurters and kind of help set the example for others by picking up litter, especially plastic junk, while birding. If you become a proud plurter, we'll send you one of our spiffy proud plurter iron-on badges so you can declare that you care about keeping trails and beaches and other places clean and clear to benefit birds and people. Meanwhile, we'd like to welcome a new plurting partner, and that's the Cape Cod Anti-Litter Coalition, they do wonderful work to help keep that precious peninsula beautiful and clean. To find out more about plurting, including how to become a proud plurter, just go to TalkingBirds.com slash plurting. That's TalkingBirds.com slash plurting. That plurting talk leads us to this conservation good news of the week in which California raises the bar for action on plastic waste with newly enacted legislation that mandates a first-in-the-nation reduction in single-use foodware and packaging, requires single-use items to be recyclable or compostable by 2032, and holds producers financially responsible for the plastic they generate. Well, this is a big deal, especially when we remember that the U.S. is the world's biggest plastic polluter, Less than 10% of all plastic sold in the U.S. each year is recycled. Instead, a significant portion ends up in landfills, and millions of tons of plastic ends up in our oceans. And California, by the way, spends $500 million every year to remove plastic pollution from its waterways and beaches. So some good news there from California. A salute here to more of our Talking Birds ambassadors, helping us get the word out about birds and conservation. Thank you to Kate Jasinski from Weymouth, 
Massachusetts. Thank you, Kate. And thank you to Reed G. from Golden's Bridge, New York. Reed says, Talking Birds has supercharged my experience as an eager new birder. My partner and I never miss a show. Oven birds are among my favorite birds, and I was compelled to become an ambassador. After hearing the oven bird featured as the bird of the week, I already tell everybody to listen to Talking Birds anyway, so I might as well. Thank you so much, Reed. And here's another ambassador explaining why he became one. This is Wink Weinberg in Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm a retired infectious disease doctor. And I am enjoying having much more time to spend watching birds. And I appreciate talking birds. And I love being an ambassador because I love telling people that it's a perfect mix of information, entertainment, and just fun. And I'm thanking Ray for getting me excited about bird watching in my second thrust of my bird watching career. Keep it up, Ray. Uh, thank you, Wink, Dr. Wink Weinberg. Easy to sign up to become an ambassador, by the way. Just go to the Get Involved tab at TalkingBirds.com. Still to come on our show today, we'll catch up with Mike O'Connor in a Let's Ask Mike. Not quite live, but timely nonetheless segment about birds in hot weather. We'll also talk with Dr. Christian Roots and revisit him about an amazing thing, amazing creature, the Caledonian or the new Caledonian crow and their incredible tool-making abilities. And up next, that previously mentioned grasshopper sparrow is today's featured feathered friend, presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Grasshopper, did you think you could fool me? <laughs> That's a little grasshopper talk from the old Kung Fu TV series. And we played it by way of introducing today's featured feathered friend, the grasshopper sparrow whose common name comes from the fact that it kind of sounds like a grasshopper. Here's a grasshopper. And here's the grasshopper sparrow. Some similarity there, right? As we mentioned a few moments ago, the Florida subspecies of the grasshopper sparrow has declined rapidly in recent decades and is listed as endangered, so it's good to hear that bit of good news. The grasshopper sparrow is a small, short-tailed sparrow with an unstreaked, buff-colored belly, rusty highlights on the brown and black back, and a yellow-orange spot in front of the eye. The breeding grounds of the grasshopper sparrow cover most of North America, except for the desert southwest, while it winters through the southern U.S., Mexico, and the Caribbean. It feeds mostly on insects, including beetles, caterpillars, crickets, and <clears throat> grasshoppers. It's Omadromus sabinarum, the grasshopper sparrow. Today's Talking Birds featured feathered friend. Welcome again to our show, number 892. Dr. Christian Roots is a professor in the School of Biology at the University of St. Andrews in Scotland. His research group studies a bird that is one of the most remarkable tool users in the animal kingdom, the New Caledonian Crow. And he joins us uh, to tell us some more about it right now from St. Andrews in Scotland. Hello, Christian. Hello, Ray. Thanks for having me. 
Our pleasure indeed. Great to great to have you on. We hear about tool use by creatures in the wild, particularly birds, but how rare or common is it? It's incredibly rare. We did a, a back-of-the-envelope calculation a few years ago and estimated that only about 1 in 10,000 animal species is a tool user in the wild. Wow. Uh, some others may express the behavior in captivity if you train them or if you facilitate the behavior. Mm-hmm. But in terms of natural uh, tool behavior, it's about 1 in 10,000. Extremely rare. Indeed, rare. And, of course, we're talking about New Caledonian crows, the kind of world champions of, of tool use. And if I understand this correctly, Christian, there are a couple of different kinds of tools the birds use, sort of basic non-hooked tools, just like a maybe a plain stick, and then complex hooked tools. And the New Caledonian crow essentially makes these tools, right? That's correct. They, they have a repertoire of different tool types, and they use all of these tools to winkle uh, prey out of hiding places, grubs out of dead wood, lizards out of, uh, out of leaves. Um, and you're right, they, they have different tool types, and they differ in their shapes and in their complexity and also in their efficiency. So the most basic tool type are sticks or leaf petioles. They will just pick up from the forest floor. Um, but they also make these really fancy hooked stick tools, which they craft from living plant materials. And uh, the really surprising thing is that the hook at the end of those tools is crow-made. It's not a pre-existing feature of the plants. It's actually the crows that impose the shape of a hook on these sticks. And these hooked stick tools are much more efficient than uh, the basic stick tools without hooks. So it looks as if these crows are gradually evolving their technology the same way as humans have uh, developed tools that become gradually more and more complex and efficient. Uh I think when we talked earlier, too, you described the different types of hooks uh, that are employed for different purposes. How How does that work? Yeah, that's right. So they uh, target one particular uh, plant species in our study area for making these uh, uh, really complicated hook tools. And uh, they snip off side branches and then they craft parts of the nodal joint material. We seem to have gotten a little uh, frozen there. Attached to the main stem of the plant. This hooked end for snagging for snagging uh, things that are hiding in, in dead wood. Uh, mm-hmm. So if there's a beetle, for example, they try to engage the legs of the beetle with the, the little hook at the end. And of course, I should say, uh, New Caledonian crows being birds, they do everything with their bills. They are not mm-hmm. primates. They don't have hands. So they make the tools with their bills, and they use the tools with their bills. Everything is bill-handled. Is there a way to sort of have a correlation between the intelligence of birds, and obviously these are intelligent birds, but the intelligence as related to tool use? It seems there are other birds that are quite intelligent that don't use tools. That's right, and we we need to be a bit careful with equating tool behavior with uh, intelligence. Uh, There is no doubt that New Caledonian crows are exceptionally good at making and using tools, Uh, But that is what they do for a living. They evolve (laughs) to do that. The same as a spider evolved to to, uh, manufacture a beautiful web for catching its prey. 
Um, so if we want to find out whether they are more or less intelligent than species that don't use tools, we actually have to do experiments that ask them questions that don't involve the use of tools. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you give uh, a tool using New Caledonian crow a tool use puzzle and a North American crow the same tool use puzzle, uh, guess who wins? The New Caledonian <laughs> crow. Amazing, fascinating stuff. Dr. Christian Roots, professor of the School of Biology at the University of St. Andrews. Christian, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for your wonderful work, and we'll look forward to talking with you again soon. Thanks for having me, Ray. Coming up next here, it's our Mystery Bird Contest in just one minute. The flutter of a tail feather, the flash of a wing bar in mid-flight. You don't always have a lot of time to identify a bird in nature let alone to appreciate its beauty. But with Vortex Optics, you'll have the power to bring every wild moment closer. When you choose Vortex, you're choosing to have a partner in the field as passionate about nature as you are. Whether you're spotting old friends on the backyard feeder or packing for a once-in-a-lifetime trip to add a few species to your life list, Vortex offers a full range of optics and optics accessories for every birder and every budget. And whether the birds are taking you to another state or another country, you're always covered by the Vortex VIP warranty, an unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. If you'd like to learn more, or if you need help choosing your next optic, give Vortex a call at 1-800-4-VORTEX or visit vortexoptics.com. By the way, just a quick note about that uh, interview with Christian Roots. That was a condensed version of uh, an earlier complete interview. And if you'd like to check that out at TalkingBirds.com, that full interview with lots of other fascinating facts that uh, Dr. Roots had for us. It's show number 870-870 from February 6th of 2022. Before our Mystery Bird Contest, a couple of things. We're pretty excited to report that seven weeks from today, as we do our show live here on the 17th of July, we'll be reaching kind of a milestone. On the 11th of September, we expect to air our 900th Talking Birds show. We have a few fun things planned for that show. We'd like to invite all Talking Birds listeners who'd like to be part of the show to let us know that. Here's what we have in mind. Pay a visit to our Freya McGregor's blog page. I'll give the address in a moment here, and you'll find details on how to be part of that 900th show. The address is talkingbirds.com slash Freya's blog. Freya is spelled F-R-E-Y-A. So talkingbirds.com slash Freya's blog for the details on that. Oh yeah, one other thing about... uh, Freya, it's her birthday today. <laughs> Happy birthday, Freya. A couple of weeks ago, we had a mystery bird contest in which we uh, ran out of time, thanks to our legendary poor clock management, and did our contest by email. And we got lots of correct answers and lots of almost correct answers. And the correct answer we do uh, did in a, found in a random drawing was from Karen in Richmond, Indiana, correctly identifying the northern water thrush. Congratulations, Karen. All right. Okay, we're really ready for the mystery bird contest now. The number is 781-837-4900. Fabulous prizes, including a $15 Beauty of Books gift certificate and a month's supply of delicious, nutritious, organic Mary's Gone crackers 
supersede crackers identifying this bird here as the object. It's a large, dark wading bird, mostly bronze and reddish brown in color, with iridescent green and purplish wings, tail and low, uh, lower back. It breeds along most of the east coast as far north as Maine and winters in Florida and the Gulf Coast and points south. Our bird feeds on fish and frogs and it probes in the mud for insects. That's our mystery bird. What do you think it is? Tell us definitively or take a guess. A drawing will determine our winner if no correct answer is received. So give it a try at 781-837-4900. That's 781-837-4900. Just ahead next, almost live from the archive, it's Let's Ask Mike in just one minute. Beautio Books carries one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. New, used, and rare books covering everything from backyard birding to general ornithology. From field guides to photography skills, biography, fiction, and humor, you'll find it all along with the knowledgeable customer service you've been looking for in one convenient place. Beautyobooks.com. B-U-T-E-O. Beautyobooks.com. Quest Nature Tours has offered exceptional tours for bird and nature lovers since 1970. In 2023, join us in Iceland, land of fire and ice, or go beyond the beaches in the DR. See amazing wildlife and explore habitats with travel companions who truly enjoy nature. Talkin' Birds listeners receive a $150 credit towards their first tour. Visit questnaturetours.com today. Birds and much more, guaranteed. There we go. Oh, hello. Mike O'Connor is down there at the Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. We know it's always sunny and beautiful on Cape Cod, but it gets a little warm in the summer. And, uh, Mike, uh, welcome to the Heat Index Club. Oh, man, too damn hot, man. It's too hot. Oh, oh my goodness. Yeah. On, on the way home from work last night, I stopped. I, I got an iPhone, and, and I'm walking back to my car, and the whole cone burst into flames. <laughs> <laughs> that is hot. That's hot. You know what? I and never, I even got the, you know, asbestos sprinkles, too, and it didn't help. Yeah, those things are not as good as they're sort of cracked up to be. They, <laughs> they taste horrible. I hate them. I hate yeah. yeah, yeah, right. Well, You're, this is a true story. I told you this off the air. I watched a herring gull flying over my rooftop in the city of Boston yesterday, and it was panting as it flew. I mean, his mouth is wide open, not vocalizing, just panting, right, to deal with the heat. Oh, mine's been open for three days. <laughs> this is not good for birds. No, it's not good for not good for anybody, but yeah, not good for birds. And what are birds doing? Just like you pointed out with the gull, they 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 open their mouth. They're almost like panting. They don't pant like like dogs do, so they're not drooling all over your furniture. Gull are do fluttering, a, right? Yeah, the gull are fluttering. Some birds do. Owls do it. Herons do it. Some um, and hingers. I mean, uh, cormorants do it. And they, but other birds, smaller birds, they kind of vibrate the back of their throat and it exchanges heat. Just, just a little. It's their version of panting, but they also will spread open their wings. I just there was a uh, uh, blue jay just out in my backyard, and he was in the shade, and he's got his wings spread open, trying to get the heat out. Mm-hmm. Larger birds, hawks, they'll they'll actually take off and fly up and soar where it's a little bit cooler to get to get away from the heat. They, they you know, they they 
try everything. They, they, they're less active during the day, kind of like in the winter when it's freezing out and there's a storm and they kind of shut down. Same thing in this, this time of year. They'll, they'll come out early, they'll go late when it gets cooler, but the, during the day you might see fewer birds. They also they have ability, believe it or not, to transfer more blood to. They have a lot of exposed areas mm-hmm. like us, so they they so, and they don't sweat, so they transfer more blood to their feet and to their beaks, believe it or not, to, to dissipate some of the heat and even around their eyes. They got some some birds have that bare skin around their eyes mm-hmm. and actually swells up to get the, the, the more blood to the surface. Mm-hmm. What what we can do is. Just water, you know, just put out more and more water, put it in the shade, put your bird bath in the shade, keep it cool. My wife even puts ice in the bird bath. They seem to appreciate that. But keep the bird bath cleaner than you might. I mean, you should change them every day anyways, but pay attention to that. Just get the water out there and get the feeders out there in the shade, and hopefully it'll change soon. Oh, yes. I mean, if it's hot on Cape Cod, you know, it's hot everywhere because you got the beautiful <laughs> ocean breeze. And, and all right, right, but except... From my store, because everybody's cool who comes in there. I forgot to mention that, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Mike, and uh, good luck to you in that blue jay out there. Hope you can keep cool. And It's getting uh, cooler on Monday, I believe. That's tomorrow, yeah. All right, let's fast forward to Monday. All right. Mike O'Connor down there at the uh, famous Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Well, back to the Mystery Bird Contest right after this. For over a quarter century, Birdwatching Magazine has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Regular contributors include expert birders and authors such as Ken Kaufman, David Sibley, Pete Dunn, Laura Erickson, and others. Learn more at birdwatchingdaily.com. Here we are at the Mystery Bird Contest, and there's that bird. No, it's not a wood thrush. It's not a good clue, is it? Our Mystery Bird is a large, dark waiting bird, mostly bronze and reddish-brown in color. Iridescent green and purplish wings, tail and lower back. And 781-837-4900 is the number to call to give us your guess or definitive word on what that bird is on our mystery bird contest. And Donna is somewhere in Michigan. Good morning, Donna. Good morning, Ray. How are you doing? Doing well, thank you. How are you doing there? I'm in Rockwood. Rockwood, Michigan, which is uh, right near... um, Lake Erie. Lake Erie. (laughs) I was going to say that. Actually, I wasn't, but... Thanks for telling us that. That's a wonderful birding area, isn't it? It is, indeed. Mm-hmm. Well, you heard our clues and all that. Uh, Donna, what do you think on the mystery bird there? I think it's a puffin. I don't know if you want me to be more specific than that. It might be an Atlantic puffin. Yeah, it might be, but I have a sneaking feeling that, I don't know, could you be listening to a previous show? Because those clues, I don't think, really fit in with a puffin so much. And I know you, I can tell you know birds. But another yeah, I teach, I, I'm yeah. embarrassed to say I teach birding by ear, and that sounded like a cow, and a cow sounds like a puffin. Oh, I see what you I see where you're coming from on that. Yes, the sound, of course. Yeah, but um, I think we're leading up to the fact that it's not a puffin here, is what it All comes right, down sir. to. Yeah, but thank you so much, Don, and hope you'll hope you'll call us again and and uh, keep up the good work with that birding by ear. Thank you. All right, Donna in uh, Rock. Bye, bye, Donna in Rockwood, Michigan, near Lake Erie. Uh, okay, let's see. Barb is in somewhere in Pennsylvania. Good morning, Barb. Good morning, Ray. And where are you in Pennsylvania, Barb? If I may ask. I'm in Port Allegheny. I'm Port- your audio postcard girl. You oh, you gave us that audio postcard, but you were in New York when you did that one, right? I was. Nice. You were getting around and seeing some great birds, and uh, now you're about to uh, perhaps identify our mystery bird. What do you? Uh, what do you say it is, Barb? I think it's a green heron. A green heron. 
there's another top quality guest there, which is our way of saying it's not not exactly what we had in mind there. I can oh, see where well, you got that time. with all that iridescence and green and all that stuff. And the but, bronze uh, and green, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I guess this is a, this is a tough one. But but thank you, Barb, and, uh, and try us again. And thanks for those audio postcards. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks, Ray. Okay. So uh, let's see. We had a guest for maybe an, Atlant- uh, an uh, Atlantic Puffin or, uh, or maybe uh, just now the guest for a Green Heron. And uh, well, let's see. We have time for one more call. I'm not sure if we do, but... We'll give it a try here. If not, we'll wrap up our show this morning and try not to forget to identify the mystery bird before we go. We have so many great guests coming up here, including Millie Formby, who's right now doing an ultralight flight around Australia, creating awareness and raising money for shorebird conservation. We'll also have Rosemary Mosco, our old friend, who's got a new book about pigeon watching. She's amazing. And uh, she'll be a guest here on our show very soon as well. We're just trying to see if uh, Jesse clears a call through here in time for us to uh, take it or not. What do you think? Jesse, is that going to work? We have Roz in uh, Norwell, Massachusetts. Good morning, Roz. Yes, hi. Hi. Do you have uh, an answer for us? Yes, a mallard duck, a northeast mallard duck. A northeast mallard duck. Let me see if that is correct according to our trumpet here. No. No. But thank you so oh, much. Close, huh? no, no cigar. Close, no cigar is right. <laughs> Maybe we'll start giving away cigars. It might not be legal. I'm not sure. Anyway, the bird is, um, uh, what is the bird? It's the, um, it's the um, uh, glossy ibis. That's the bird, and we are out of time. Thank you so much for uh, being with us. See you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics. With the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Quest Nature Tours, offering expert led small group tours for bird and nature lovers since 1970. Explore exceptional journeys around the world at questnaturetours.com. And Beautyo Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautyobooks.com.